Well, here we go. This is something that people around the island will be doing with some trepidation these days, opening up their electricity charge envelopes. Well, well it's not too bad. Certainly not as bad as I feared. That then my family have been on strict orders to turn things off. Lights, obviously. Uh, our shower is electric, so please, please, please restrict the time you're in there. Anything that doesn't have to be on, and that includes the TV on standby, don't leave it on. And so far, it seems to have worked. But, and it's a big, big but, government support runs out at the end of spring. And and then Chief Minister Alfred Cannon has warned, in fact he warned a week before the budget, of the shape of things to come. In my recent uh, speech, of course, I've indicated that inflation, whilst people are talking about it peaking, nevertheless still remains high. Uh, what we are also seeing now is interest rates having increased that those who have uh, fixed-term mortgages will, will find those maturing and will find significantly different offers available to them and, and will be having to assess how they best address the increase in, in mortgage costs. And alongside that now, it's uh, inevitable um, because of the price of, of uh, gas that the max utilities authority will have to increase prices and we and that we will not be able to go on protecting um, the economy. So I expect to hear from the Max Utilities Authority now how they're going to address that within the next uh, week or so. So there you are. We are in for a year of living dangerously in terms of making things meet, apparently. The budget is a bit like doing your household accounts, but on a much larger scale with certain differences, of course. Uh, when you or I work out incomings and outgoings, we look at what we can and can't afford. In extremists, what we need and what we don't need. When times are good and inflation under control and the income good, then a family can expect takeaways, meals out, holidays. When times get tight, a new approach perhaps is needed. But if we have for decades enjoyed those extras, it is difficult to do without them. And government cannot expect households to pare their spending down to the bone and be happy about it. They will look to the government to give a helping hand. After all, isn't that what they voted the government in for? Taxpayers hand over a percentage of what they earn so the government can do that thing. But the government's costs are also, of course, hit by inflation, fuel costs in particular. And they're just like you and I have to dig down deeper into their pockets to find the necessary uh, much of what is in their pockets, of course, has come from you and I. In years past, the Treasury Minister was able to, well, not merrily, but certainly with confidence, offer the taxpayer a saving in terms of increased personal allowances, for instance. We're in the money, we're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money, the sky is sunny. Oh man, depression, you are through, you done us wrong, oh. We never see headline about redline today. And when we see the landlord, we can look that guy right in the eye, oh. We're in the money, come on, my honey. Let's land it, spend it, send it, rolling around. This time there was decidedly less handing out, and what was on offer had to be paid for by borrowing. Borrowing from reserves, borrowing from ourselves, in effect. And that provoked some Tinwald members during the budget debate. Let's be blunt, Mr President. Each year we report and mention, and the Treasury Minister has done it again in his speech this morning, a surplus on the general revenue account. Something that we have to have by law is we're forbidden from having a deficit. 
but it's not a real surplus, let's be honest, it's a manufactured one by drawing out of reserves. We need to start facing the reality in that we are actually in deficit. It's like someone earning £30,000 a year, but having expenditure of 40000 taking £11,000 out of their £20,000 saving, and claiming they have a surplus in the bank account of £1,000. They may have a technical surplus on their bank statement, but they've wiped out 50% of their savings to get there to generate the £1,000 surplus. We've had 15 years now of five-year financial plans that are supposed to balance the budget, and yet here we are still drawing heavily from what now are ever-depleting reserves. The secret to this rebalancing is the hope that income will rise by 5% next year and 4% every year thereafter, while spending will rise just 1.5% next year, 2.5% the year after that, 3.2% the year after that, and 3.5% the year after that. With inflation currently running at about 8%, you do have to wonder what planet Treasury is living on with these estimates. I cannot stand here and quote the 43rd President of the United States. But I can tell you what Mike Tyson says. <laughs> and yet everyone has got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> COVID was that punch. But we have to do it. A report by the UK government actuary is due to go before Timbald soon. It is clear that we are sitting on a demographic time bomb. Mr. Crane will agree. The Social Security Fund will, will be paying out more than it's bringing in by 2034. Honourable members, <coughs> when it's gone, it's gone. The reserves decades ago weren't much to write home about. It was during the time of Alfred Cannon's father, David, when he was Treasury Minister, that a programme of substantially increasing what the island had in its piggy bank started. In David Cannon's time, reserves were, if I recall rightly, around about two million. Well, now we are something well over a billion in reserves. Of course, prices have risen somewhat, and much of that cash is also tied up in investments. And as the man said, your investments can fall as well as rise. But we were told time and time again, the reserves were there. It was their purpose to pay for that rainy day. Now... Is it time to use that rainy day money? Well, that's what Treasury Minister Allenson argued in response after the budget debate. The National Insurance Fund is there for a reason. It's there to fund present um, benefits and also the benefits for those generations that come after us. But again, one of the things we'll be doing during the year is doing an assessment of how big that fund needs to be. Does it really have to be over £900 million that's sitting being invested, often offshore, whereas it could be repurposed to actually provide those um, investments into our own island and actually provide the extra um, investment we need into our people? So drawing on the reserves quite substantially, that was the background noise to this year's budget. Rainy day money being drawn on because, well, it's come on to rain a bit. Fiscal umbrella up, says Dr Allenson, and that might have to be courtesy of the reserves. Incidentally, worthy noting that despite their reservations, those members who spoke strongly on the subject of drawing on reserves still voted for the whole package, although voting against individual measures to show their displeasure. That move to take away personal allowances incrementally from those earning over £100,000 and entirely from those reaching £129,000 or more is something that I talked to the Treasury Minister about. The amount we'll raise in terms of extra taxation revenue is just over £3 million. So is it, it worth it? 
I, think, I mean, these are high flyers, aren't they? I think it, I think it is. I, the, people earning over £100,000 often are doing very um, good, good jobs and very meaningful jobs in, for our society. What we need to do is make sure that, that we grow government revenue so we can afford some of the services that we provide, we can invest in infrastructure, but we do that in a way that doesn't overly burden those people on low and median incomes who we know have been particularly hit by increasing cost of living over the last 12 months. So I think it's absolutely right to try to balance the, the need for gaining extra government revenue across the, the population rather than particularly those people on low incomes. One thing that has been cited as a fence needing repair for some time was the amount paid to carers, people who, by circumstances or by desire in some cases, give themselves up to looking after someone else who needs looking after. Before the budget, it was complained about. And in the budget, Dr Allenson said, yes, we agree. Recognising the valuable role that carers play in our community and to provide additional support for those who may have, have given up or refrained from work in order, to, in order to look after another person. I've decided to increase the rate of carer's allowance by a further £15 a week. Mr President, I'm also increasing the maximum amount that a person can earn in any week and still retain entitlement to the carer's allowance, allowance from £152 to £180. Let's just return to that famous street to hear more from people before the budget was announced. As a childminder, our overheads have gone up and up and up over the last couple of years and a lot of us childminders are struggling, so we do need to follow what the government is doing so that they that the support is directed to the right people. Because if we weren't childminders, there'd be less of a workforce because under, provision for under twos is negligible. And if we give up, there'll be no support there, so there'll be no workforce. So the government needs to direct some of the funding childcare and support and childcare provision. I suppose really we should all look at it because I mean the cost of living and everything we need to know I'm a pensioner so it's handy to know if we're going to get a rise or whatever so it all helps. There's lots of people in need aren't there you know you can't just give it to one section you've got to try and help everybody really haven't you. I want to know you know what's happened where the money's going and it's very important in the Ant-Man because I do think a lot of the money probably gets misdirected. I've got teenage children at high schools and I really think a lot of money needs to go to the schools, to be fair. But I guess everybody wants it to go <laughs> somewhere else. Those in the street and their immediate concerns prior to the budget. So let's have a look at what Dr Allenson gave to the man and the woman in that street in an overt sense. Last year... Under David Ashford, government figures suggested that something over £14,000 was spent per person on this island. This year, the figure suggested is 15243 That's for a, every man, woman and child. The rises in what's been given are as follows. And what's important is that the triple lock mechanism has been restored after hiatus. The basic state pension, you can expect, will be up 10.1%. State earning related pension, 101 and that same figure, 10.1, applies to Manx State Pension. The government estimates over 19,000 pensioners will benefit. Treasury have previously committed to apply the triple lock to the uprating of state pensions for this year. As UK CPI at September 2022 was significantly greater than the increase in average earnings, the rates of the Manx State Pension, including <coughs> protected payments, and the rates of state retirement pension, including additional pensions, 
and graduated retirement benefits will all increase by 10.1% from the week commencing 10th of April 2023. Yeah, yeah. This results in the full amount of the Manx state pension increasing from £202.23 to £222.67 per week and the rate of the full basic state retirement pension increasing by £14.35 to £156.20 a week. Rates of the pension top-up will also increase by 10.1%. How does this compare to inflation, you might be wondering? Inflation, as measured by Consumer Price Index, stands at 8% for January this year, up from 7.4% in December 2022. Uh, You might have guessed housing, water, electricity, gas and other fuels continue to be the biggest contributor, with an increase of 22.5% with gas seeing the biggest increases in this category of 60.9%. Food and non-alcoholic beverages have seen the second biggest increase, contributing 13.2% to the overall CPI. Prices rising 0.5% on the previous month. Butter has seen the biggest increase in this category, up 34.7% compared to 12 months ago. The third biggest contributor to the rate of inflation was restaurants and hotels, contributing 12.4% to the overall CPI. Catering has seen the biggest increase in this category at 134 Other rises announced in this budget, maternity allowance, more about that in a moment, adoption allowance and paternity allowance, up 16.8%. Child benefit, up just under 10%. Employed persons allowance, basic allowances and allowances for children, just under 10%. In the disability category, those categories saw rises in Dr Allenson's budget. As we have heard, carer's allowance, 10.7%. Attendance allowance, 9.8%. Disability Living Allowance, 9.8, generally 10.1 for high-rate mobility component. Income Support Carer Premium, a big rise of 17.1%. Income Support Disability and Disabled Child Premium, 9.8%. Nursing Care Contribution, 10.1%. Dr Allenson, in his budget speech, said he saw maternity allowance as an area that had been overlooked. As regards maternity allowance, I'm acutely aware that the maximum amount payable to employed earners has not increased since 2011. So I'm today announcing a 16.8 increase from April, which will result in the maximum amount payable to employed earners increasing from £179.85 a week to £210 a week. The same increase is to apply to adoption allowance and paternity allowance. These entitlements will be further reviewed as part of a wider review of parental leave rights, as well as the ongoing review of the Manx National Insurance Scheme and the Child Care Strategy. I'm also increasing the amount of lump sum maternity payment, which is payable to certain people who get low incomes, from £600 to £700. Social care is something that Treasury Department member Sarah Malt, BMHK, feels strongly, indeed passionately, about. Well, one of my biggest regrets from last year and the last budget was not being able to do anything about the maternity allowance. It was one of those things that was too little, too late for me to, to be able to have an influence on. Uh, so this year I was very uh, much in, uh, passionate about trying to do something about that and to tra- start to, to address some of these uh, unfairnesses that have been long-standing and haven't been addressed for about 10 years in, in that case. So people come up to you in the street and say, 
you were involved in this process. What have you done for me, for my family? Yes, absolutely. One of the key things for me this year, especially with the energy support payments, was trying to get support to people who aren't necessarily on benefits, although you have quite, quite rightly said that my social security is my delegation. It has been um, very prominent to me to, to, to recognise that actually there's, there's far more people who actually need this support from government and to be able to represent them within Treasury has been very important to me. Do you feel happy to talk to these people? You won't feel embarrassed uh, by what you have to say the government is doing? Um, no, I'm not embarrassed at all. No, the, my, my, my job is to try and represent people as fairly as I can and as best as I can. I am only one person sometimes and sometimes I am a lone voice, but I'm definitely going to be the voice that stands up for the people on the streets. Obviously, energy prices is a major concern to people. Um, is there any slack, any leeway built in if those energy prices go up, which is threatened, which we're told will happen? Uh, the budget is a huge, complex uh, beast, really, and it's a very difficult thing to get your head around sometimes. But, you know, we have had three years of unprecedented uh, difficulties, and so um, we can't have people relying on the benefit system, and it needs to be something that there is there for as a social security net rather than something that we do rely on. However, um, I do think my government has reacted well. You know, £17 million of additional support in, in this year alone shows that clear commitment to supporting the people on the Alaman and to actually do our part in ensuring that people feel that they are actually being supported the best they can. You know, we're never going to get this completely right. You know, we do need to hold hands rather than uh, carry people. Uh, but at the same time, it's important you that people, we... You have to contribute to this yourself. You can't expect us to do everything. Uh, well, I feel like people are already managing to um, do what they can. And well, slim down their budgets, their own budgets, if I can put it that way. I've had to, you know, lots of people have had to, you know, it's one of those difficult things where actually you, you need to work out what, what, what can I, um, what support can I get, but also what can I do to try and help myself, you know, and it's very difficult to try and get that balance sometimes and some people are on a fixed income and they can't make those decisions because actually there is no flexibility within their um, work life or their home life, you know, they, they then do rely on government to be able to say, actually I need that support because actually I'm in a situation where I can't go out and find additional work because of childcare issues you know there's lots of issues actually that are that we're waiting for to, to address legislation wise for so employment law uh, childcare strategy there's lots of things coming forward but until they're there we are in this sort of limbo stage they're right at the end of this administration it's going to take a while till we get to absolutely them. and that's one of my frustrations i feel like it's a little bit of a game of chess really you know as you've seen in the, within the budget there has been in some increases in allowances and in benefits and the childcare benefit for example however we are sort of moving one piece but we have to wait for the other pieces then to move forward before we can then move forward again but one of my commitments to people when they do talk to me is that social security is not just going to stand back and just wait for everybody else to sort their lives out we are going to try and do what we can as well first to try and show a commitment and actually show a direction that we are listening and we are trying to react so it's not a question of ask not what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country it's not a question of that no of course not like you know, I think I think people who know me well enough will know that I will always try and find the fairest option and actually the way forward to be able to support people so they feel like enabled so they feel like they have got the support when they need it and actually when they don't need it they're able to pay back and do what they need to do um, but at the same time you know we are in an absolutely horrendous three years of you know of unprecedented times so it isn't finished yet and that's one of the most difficult things and as much as we don't actually know uh, what's happening 
securely know anyway what's exactly going to happen in the next six months. If anybody knows out there, write in and tell us. Use both sides of the paper. That's that's exactly it. You know, this is about having a conversation with people and communicate, keeping all communication channels open and tell us where the problems are and then we can see what we can try to do to address that. Treasury member Sarah Maltby. The government plans to expand the population by 15,000 to encourage growth, but questions are being asked as to whether the island's infrastructure is up to it. But getting young people to see their futures here is another part of the population equation, and that means making the island a place where young people enjoy being. In the budget lunchtime programme, the island was called boring for the young. First speaker was Manx Labour Party's Kira Sabi. At the minute, there's nothing attracting me to stay here right now. I'm attracted to come back when I want to start a family because it's safe and I wouldn't have to worry about my kids. That's one thing we, me and my friends always say about the Isle of Man. It's safe. You don't have to worry about people around you. But there's nothing to do here. Like, whenever me and my friends are like, what should we do? There's nothing to do here. The museums here are basically like trophies about what the Isle of Man used to be. There's nothing new. There's nothing to, there's no art to go and see. They have little galleries. I always go with my papa to go see the art galleries. But there's no other kinds of museums around here that interest you. And it's just, it's quite a dull place at the minute. And it's safe and it's lovely. It's such a beautiful place, but it's boring. I think that the common theme that we hear time and time again is that it is very safe for families and it's a great place to raise a family and things like that. The, the trouble with that particular demographic is you've got maybe one or two earners and then the rest of them are dependents. Uh, so that doesn't help our dependency ratio when we're looking at uh, costs and tax. For, for things to for do for younger people, and, and it, it's unless you like you know, outdoor activities, which we excel obviously with our, with our uh, natural environment, there is very little. And I, I struggle to, you know, I think back to, when I was younger, um, we had loads of nightclubs, we had cinemas all over the place. It was a very, very different environment. So I'm not entirely sure why that's changed, and I'd love to understand that a bit more, but yeah. Ollie Sykes and uh, Archie Elliott, um, what, what have you noted in this budget uh, in, in, in particular? Well, with the title of the, um, the budget being Invest in Our Island Plan, the island plan sort of indicates that we need to invest in our youth, um, and the only thing I can really see from this budget that incentivizes um, young people to come back is the um, National Insurance Holiday Scheme. Uh, it's nothing to retain young people on islands. Um, and I'd also like to add, in terms of the island plan, um, we want sort of a vibrant culture. Um, there's no increase into the culture and the arts uh, in there, to my knowledge. So I think it's, it's quite disappointing. I speak to many of my peers and... Um, some of them, most of them will probably go to uni and not return. A conversation a few weeks ago was from a teacher saying to a student, oh, would any of you consider going into teaching? And someone said, I would consider it, but because of the way things are at the moment, I don't think that's an option for me. Archie? Well, I, w I would add on to the, the uh, uh, would respond to some of the points that Debbie and Geraldy have made because the public sector here, we're not talking about the essential jobs which obviously need to be invested in, such as teaching uh, our healthcare system and a sort like that. We're talking about the overbloated part of the bureaucracy in the country where we have about 10% of our jobs and our, of, our, of our population are public sector workers, about 8,000 of them. 
And if you look at that as a percentage, it's 10%. You look at the UK, it's 0.6%, roughly 463,000 uh, civil servants in the United Kingdom. So at that point, we're not looking at these essential jobs, which I, I think causes some uproar. Obviously, we need to in invest in our education system. Obviously, we need to invest in our teachers and our doctors. But we also need to invest in our education system in the actual education. The education system doesn't teach pro people from modern era. It doesn't really teach people how to think. It teaches them how to take knowledge, how to consume knowledge, and how to regurgitate knowledge. It doesn't teach them any of the core principles of any form of proper education. It doesn't teach them how to speak, how to think, and how, how even to debate people, or even have logic in that. So that's a key core issue of the whole part of the education system that I think goes deeper than this need to have teachers who do wonderful jobs, but the system itself that they work in is broken, and that's the part where we're discussing. Archie, I just want to ask you, though, because you come across as an incredibly eloquent, well-spoken, well-rounded thinker. Where did that come from, then, if not our education system here? Well, I, 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 I should have to thank my mother for that, I must say. Uh, yes, she'll have, have my head if I don't. Uh, but, but I think there's, there's a lot of outside learning that comes with that, where, you, where I spend many days just sitting there reading or doing own things. I would say uh, that I, I could, I could uh, thank Manx Radio for some of the opportunities they give them for that as well. Always happy to accept endorsements. Budget 23 is now in place. But will there need to be budget the sequel? Dr Alex Allenson. We've held the budget. We've got energy in the background as a big question mark. Are we going to have to have another budget halfway through the year after things have become more clear? I, I hope not. I mean, what, what I think all Treasury Ministers try to do is set the standards for the following 12 months. What I have said is I will come back mid-year mid to give an economic statement to, to Timwald. Now, if things are doing far better than we expected, that would be great. But if, if they are actually becoming more difficult again, as we've seen in the last 12 months, we have the resilience in terms of the budget process, I believe, to get over those challenges that, that may occur. So we'll certainly have to make sure that Timwald and the wider population are kept in regular contact so that they know what's happening to our economy and know what to expect in terms of energy prices, inflation, but also the essential services that we need to provide. The title of this year's budget is Investing in Our Island Plan. This is not some glib slogan. It is essential that Treasury works with all other areas of government to make sure we support the equitable growth in our economy and to be in the position to raise significant revenue to build a secure, vibrant and sustainable future for our island. Mr President, I beg to move item number two on the order paper. Budget 2023, I'm John Moss, Gauka Rail.